This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast. It's Virgin Radio Pride. It is my Pride playlist and we are in for a real treat tonight because I'm joined by singer, songwriter Elle Devine. Elle, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm very excited. So you're here tonight to pick some of your favourite songs and, and chat about what they mean to you. And, and with a lot of other guests we've had on the show, um, they've picked songs which they've lived with, you know, and, and they've been around to experience. But of course, you're like me in your mid-twenties um, and so weren't around, you know, in the 80s and most of the mid-90s. So it's going to be interesting to hear what you'd think, because obviously we can only look back at songs in retrospect and the sort of impact they've left on us. And, and with that in mind, let's kick off my Pride playlist tonight with your first song uh, from 1984, Wham! Everything She Wants. Why, why did you want to start off with this? I mean, I, this is my favourite Wham! song. Like, I... I, I don't know I just I've always been like a bit obsessed with the 80s like I know like you said like there's the tracks that I've picked like are all across the board like um this yeah the stuff from like like this year and there's stuff from back in the day but I get yeah this is just my favorite Wham song and obviously George Michael was probably like the first person like one of the first people in the public eye and like the first artist that I really looked up to who like also happened to be queer um so I guess he was like a massive inspiration for me in in that respect and this is just my this is my favorite one I love the lyric I love like I don't know, just really good storytelling. George Michael's an amazing storyteller, and I, I just, I just love this song. It's a, it's a bop. Mm. And like, like I said, I mean, how did, how did you sort of come to, to realize him and, and Wham? Because we weren't alive, you know, when they were very prominent, and this song was out. So, mm. how did you come sort of discover this, this music? I think my dad. I mean, obviously, I always knew, I always knew Wham, like, you know, from like Wake Me Up and stuff. Um, and like all the all the massive hits and my my dad was like always really into George Michael he always he's like always said like he was a brilliant songwriter and stuff and I think it's just one of those things when when you start like making music and you and you feel like you have to you know give yourself like a musical education um George Michael's a legend so I, I guess yeah I just felt like I had to dive into into a bit of wham <laughs> and yeah became like a a massive a massive fan so it's obvious music played you know a big uh part in your life from a very young age i hear you were in a band at the age of seven uh, you're a punk band called the safety pins and and that sort of genre that sort of music very far away from the likes of george michael and wham talk me talk me through that yeah so i when i was yeah when i was a kid that actually what like how i first got into music was through hanging out with uh, my childhood best friend he was called niall and he was way cooler than me, but he was just like way more shy than me. Like he didn't really, like I almost had to speak for him. He would like say things in my ear, like if he wanted to respond to someone and I would have to basically, I was like a translator for him. Um, and we would just do, we would do absolutely everything together. So I would just basically copy what he did and, but do it louder. Um, and he was really into, I don't, I don't know how he got into it, but like I get maybe from his parents, but he was really into like, punk music like Sex Pistols, Clash and um, Undertones, all stuff like that. Um, so yeah, when when he showed me that kind of that kind of music, I just I just loved it. I loved just like rocking out. Like I just I loved like just the attitude of like punk music. I just kind of loved having a bit of an attitude when I was a kid and I thought the way that um, like they dressed was super cool. So yeah, I went through like a little phase um, with him with that. And that was kind of my first getting into music. I, that's why I got my first guitar to kind of be on be on the same page as Niall because he played the drums and I was just obsessed with kind of like starting a band 
and we did that we did we started a band called safety pins and we had like one song called safety pins don't always clip on we were seven, <laughs> we were seven years old so music obviously played a big part in your life uh, early on didn't it if, if, if you're starting bands at seven years old you know is it has it always been that way yeah definitely i don't think i like i, I don't think i realized though i kind of just assumed that music was kind of like a part of everyone's life you know like mm. i i didn't i didn't realize until i got a bit older that you know like I probably like I listen to music a bit different like differently to other people you know I listen to music like a musician does kind of thing and um yeah it's just always kind of it always dipped in and out of my life like I think when I got to high school and I thought you know I, I, I immediately dropped anything that would make me appear uncool you know like that made me stand out against my peers because like that's what you do when you go to high school you're just trying not to get bullied you know what mm. I mean um so I kind of left it for a little bit um until I was about 16 I got I got well back into it I think it was you know a lot of it was probably a, due to like my queerness like I felt like I couldn't talk about it to other people because I was like still in the closet and not ready to come out yet so the way I would talk about so I couldn't talk about love like my friends do you know I couldn't like go in school and talk about the people I was crushing on so I guess I just got out on my pen and my guitar and that's when I started getting back into it when I was like a teenager and starting to fall in love and stuff blah blah mm. blah um so yeah it just became like a really a really like safe space for me like it just did a lot for me and then when I was leaving school that I, I was like oh maybe I could do this for a career <laughs> there was mm. nothing else to do basically yeah what was it like I mean I was going to ask you this a bit later but now you brought it up what was it like growing up queer in the northeast of England I mean when I've asked that question to guests before like I touched on earlier you know there's a bit of an age difference and I can't fully relate and understand I don't think but someone like you who's a similar age to me you know I can um, obviously I'm from from down south down here in London but how did how did you find that growing up in sort of the mid to late noughties early tens discovering who you you were and and sort of not being able to fully shout about that I mean it's it's like amazing how like even in just like the past five years the past couple of years how much things have changed and you know people's attitudes shifting up here um like I got asked to do like a, a talk a diversity talk like a, around pride um at my school and you know that like even something like that just shows like I would have appreciated that so much when I was at school and um, just to know that like school was like a really safe space and that I would be supported if I needed any help with that stuff you know I didn't yeah I I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have felt like I could like go and shout about it at school but I didn't I didn't think you know I would that like teachers wouldn't have supported me it just I didn't feel like you know it, it was a place to a, a place that I would go and talk about it so yeah I think it's amazing um how much has shifted in the last few years but yeah, it was definitely still like big gossip and a, a thing to talk about when I was at school and it, it was still scary. And, you know, there was definitely some people that made me feel, I don't know, a bit ashamed, I guess. Mm. Um, and also just being in like a northern town, like I love where, I, where I'm from. I'm so like I'm obsessed with Newcastle. I love it. I don't I don't want to I don't want to leave. But um, I do feel like it is we're, we're always a little bit behind I remember like going and moving to London and just being like whoa this is incredible like there's so many people like me like I just always felt like an odd one out um up here but I think in a way that's kind of helped me and shaped me for in my music especially as well and just being creative I think that's kind of what pushed me to be creative and you know like imagine things and you, you kind of 
live I was spent most of my teen years dreaming of like this fantasy world where I could truly be myself mm. and you kind of create that within music you create your own world around you and yeah so even if it even if it was hard um I'm I'm glad <laughs> yeah for sure um let's let's get back on uh, onto the music the second choice you put Nina Cherry Buffalo Stunt so this is the only yeah. track actually that I didn't know and I had to oh. go and listen to and was like what's and uh, I, I know Nina and obviously I know her relation to as, as being Mabel's mother, um, as a lot yeah. of people know. But um, why, why, why did you put Nina down? What does she mean to you? I mean, I just, uh, to, to be fair, I just love the tune so much. And um, yeah, I love that little, I love that moment at the Brits when Mabel won and she and she thanked her uh, and she like gave her mum a shout out. Because well, it was, I think it was like 20 or 30 years or something mm. on that on that exact year where they'd um both won brit awards like but yeah um but i just i just love this tune to be honest i just it's one of those ones that it just gets like every generation of like my family up on the dance floor dancing um and yeah i just love i love the sentiment of the song as well it's just such like a, i feel like it's a bit of like a, a a female empowerment anthem you know yeah again 80s as hell like I, I love anything like I love a cheesy 80s song and it just yeah and it makes me think of kind of like all like a lot of the 80s stuff that gets played around pride and stuff I just I just love the whole vibe of the song um and yeah she's she's amazing and also it reminds me of they used to Jamie Oliver's tv show used to play this at the start of it so oh, it wow of, um so yeah, yeah it just kind of <laughs> it just makes me think of some really nice scran um <laughs> So, did you yeah. have turkey twizzlers up north was that a thing but sadly they are no more then let's jump straight into your next track shall we janet jackson and q-tip got till it's gone of course sampling uh joni mitchell's big yellow taxi why did you put this song down i just i, th- I just love the kind of melting pot of genres it's like a, an accumulation of like all music that i love you know it's like hip-hop and then Joni Mitchell, like one of the the greatest songwriters of all time, um, who's like massively, massively inspired me and so many like songwriters and especially female songwriters. She's just the best. Um, and then I, I, so I just thought it was perfect combination with Janet Jackson as well, being like such a huge queer icon. Mm. Uh, I feel like it's just one of the coolest kind of pride anthems. And I yeah, I just, I love, I love the song. It reminds me of, um, I used to play this a lot. Like the last time I went to LA, like before lockdown, this was like my jam. So it kind of just takes me back to walking around sunny LA when wow. when life was, uh, you know, when life wasn't so weird. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I love this tune. Yeah. Well, you sort of, you, you touched on there being Janet Jackson being a bit of a queer icon. Were you sort of drawn to her and artists like Wham even before sort of you knew who you were and fully discovered yourself? Or are they sort of people you've latched onto later um, in life? No, pro- yeah, definitely. I think, you know, queer artists have always kind of had to be um, themselves. I guess they like that's, they've always had like in some way been a bit like, outlandish and I guess I guess the word is camp like and I and mm. I love and I love that and just being being completely unapologetically yourselves and I've always definitely definitely always been drawn to that because that's you know that's who I am I, like so I think yeah subconsciously I didn't know at the time I don't think I ever realized like when I was younger that 
these people were clear icons. I think I probably just connected the dots like a, <laughs> a little later once I mm. kind of realized what I was. But yeah, I've definitely always been drawn to um, just that level of performance and in artistry and just like fun just like liberation i just feel like that's what they all have in common they're just like super they all have like super liberating and fun tracks now your next pick um we couldn't really get any more naughties could we it's the debut song from the sugar babes i'm sure you could have picked any tune by these girls why did you pick overload tonight oh i know i was like gonna it was between this and freak like me um because i love that richard x the producer that did that Mm. um there's like a whole documentary on like a, a little short documentary you can watch about the freak like me um production and the story behind like the Gary Newman sample and I love that song as well I just think Sugar Babes is like is like the best of naughty's British pop like I think they're so underrated and they were actually like yeah really like push some boundaries like um production wise and just kind of like making weird interest in pop music um I just in that time when girl bands were like um all like huge hmm. um but you had like the spice girls and like girls loud came but after i've i felt like yeah the sugar babes like when they first started were just like the really edgy kind of version of that and and i overload is just like one of my favorite songs of all time it's just it's like a, it's mental like in theory like it shouldn't really work it's like this like weird like like the vocals are a little bit out of tune yeah it's no like, yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, to, yeah and it's like this weird like samba groove and then like a hip-hop beat over the top like a hip-hop break beat it's all just like all of these things and then you've got this mad electric guitar so there's just so many things that like shouldn't work but they just work magically together and the in the videos unreal as well it's so simple but it's such like a perfect introduction to each of the girls like mm. you can it just gets their personality across i just i just think they're cool like i think they're the coolest band ever <laughs> yeah and they're the sort of i mean as well as other bands girl bands that were around then and, and before them a sort of hot topic at the moment because um in the brits i know little mix sort of shouted out to how um so many girl gro- groups have gone through the years and had massive success but not really been credited for that um did you were you sort of heavily influenced and looked up to sort of girl female artists and and female groups like that thinking you know they they're still big players among in the music industry yeah definitely I mean you know what I never really I never thought about it like that like I think you just I never thought oh I'm I'm listening to a girl band I'm listening to female artists I think just naturally like the the female perspective and the female lens like you can just hear the difference Mm. and I just and I just naturally just relate and I'm drawn to songs by female songwriters and women that are involved in production you can just I think you can just tell you know and yeah that's what that's it, it makes it yeah I guess it makes so much sense but I don't know if I ever like consciously thought about that but but yeah, definitely. Um, there's there's something in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so your next song, um, Daft Punk Digital Love, from one of the best albums ever created, I think. And um, there are so many things about this song I love. It was so ahead of its time, you know, the concept of digital love. Um, and the song itself, it it doesn't really seem to have a, a regular structure. Mm. It, it's so, I, this is just such a feel good song like it's like pure serotonin like I don't know what to put in this song but it just makes me uh, like if I put on this song and it's raining like guarantee the sun will come out like it's like <laughs> that kind of vibe and and, and yeah like you say like digital love I thought as well like putting this on this like for for pride as well around pride like 
it kind of makes me think of like all the queer kids that meet each other online I think that's such a huge thing as well like people you know finding the like the, there's such a good community online and like there's so many safe spaces online for people to to meet and um yeah so I guess digital love kind of made me think of that as well and I love that and I yeah I, I just absolutely love it the first melody that last night I had a dream about you in this dream I love that it's so good and and you talk about those online communities are you sort of a, a user or were you a user of those in that you know you were saying that you couldn't truly express who you were with the people around you you know so did you reach out and maybe use communities I know when we were growing up sort of I don't know MSN MySpace was still a yeah. thing you know so were you using those sorts of things to find like-minded people and talk to people how you really feel yeah I mean I don't know about I was definitely on MSN but I don't I, I was I was still pretty young I don't think I'd like I was ready to explore that side of my, mm. myself then um but um I think when like Tumblr came out like that was that felt like that felt like a bit of a breakthrough moment for queer kids I think a lot of people w- would agree as well because it was like yeah it was like this place where it wasn't it wasn't about your kind of personal profile it was Mm. about like all these kind of expressive parts of you rather than like this is this is me these are all the pictures of me and my friends this is you blah 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 you know it's kind of this other side of you like I don't know and that in that kind of I think that resonated with queer kids a lot so I definitely think Tumblr and um also YouTube I used to watch a lot of like um coming out videos on YouTube and they helped me yeah yeah I used and I'm actually like really good friends with someone that I used to watch on YouTube, like as like a, as I guess like a fan really. Yeah. Like, um, and I had her on my podcast, Shannon Beveridge. Um, yeah. So that was a really cool full circle moment. Like she really helped me, you know, like I found a lot of comfort in her videos and then we became really good friends like later on in life. So it was a, a really nice full circle moment. So there you go. That's an example of the yeah. community being amazing. Yeah. What was the, if you don't mind me asking, what was the coming out process like for you? Um, I mean, it was it, it was interesting because I didn't really have to tell my parents, but that was because I I wrote a song called Daughter about kind of my coming out experience. I got in a, like a relationship with with a with a girl in in high school, like in my last year of high school, and and it was yeah, it was like everything it should be. It was like it was magical, really, because it's just like so you spend so long like like hiding this part of yourself and you know forcing yourself to kind of feel everything that other people feel and it's just not working and mm. like I remember just feeling the biggest exhale ever when when I met her and um yeah felt felt how I should feel for the first time but unfortunately yeah him him mom was like really like against us being together and made it really difficult and I think you know my parents like obviously I, like I had to tell them about that but I never really said I never had a chat with them and said I'm gay I was more just like and this is happening with me and her and I they were just they were supportive they were just really supportive about it um which was amazing but I think with like friends and stuff it's always really hard like I, I that took me a while I think but I think once I told like one person and I and I was shown that it was okay like and they were going to be fine with it and they still love me regardless then it got like addicting so you know the people that um the people that I love and I'm close to who I told were like amazing I guess it was just kind of her mum that was that made it 
made it difficult mm. it was adults that made it difficult to be honest yeah for sure yeah i know how that feels dying. yeah and how does it feel now being having a platform like you do and having a creative outlet that you do knowing that there are people who were in your situation um now you know and they look to people like you and listen to your music and, and podcast them and watch what you have to say how does that yeah. make you feel knowing that you know people are then turning to you for these sort of sort of how to to navigate these situations i guess i mean it's like it's heartwarming it means like so so much to me because i i know how much like i i appreciated or would have appreciated that when i was younger you know like i mean because back then like there wasn't like i was saying like i went on youtube and stuff and and looked at people like that but there was no one really that was still kind of a very niche corner of the internet like Mm. there wasn't anyone really out there in in the public there wasn't i mean i could probably only think of like back in the day when i was younger you could, it would probably only be like ellen would be like the most famous yeah yeah person i could think of you know and it's like don't really see myself in here you know and like i'm sure like a lot of uh, like i'm sure people will have but and then also a lot of people won't have and i think over the past few years there's so many queer artists queer actors actresses like people just in the public queer people in the public eye and there's so many and just so many more types of people that people can see themselves in and feel represented and um yeah it feels it feels amazing to be like a part of this kind of new wave yeah <laughs> um, it's really it's really really special and yeah I love talking I love talking to people about their their journeys and it yeah it, it makes me really emotional um, yeah but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So the next track is Khalees uh, and Andre 3000 Millionaire. Another absolute bop from you, Eldervine. Um, why did you want to put this one down on your on your playlist tonight? Yeah, what a tune. I mean, this I, this just gets me so amped up. Like, and all my friends love this song as well. Like, I feel like it's just, it's one of those ones you, you if, you, if you're feeling a bit slow in the morning, put this on, you're just like, mm. it's just like the groove is like, this, you, you can't run away from it, you know? Like it it just gets you amped up. Um, it's a good gym song as well. So yeah, this is definitely, definitely want to hype you up when you're feeling a bit um, a bit slow. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen Khalees? Because I, I remember I saw her a few years ago at a festival and I was thinking, all oh, right, let's go watch her do Milkshake. And then, you know, yeah. you realize she has all of these great songs and such a great energy. She is, she is oh. such an underrated artist. I think isn't she like doesn't she have like a a farm now or something or is that am I, have I completely got that wrong and I'm sure she's doing like she's just doing something random now but just like loving her life I need to check it out but um yeah what an absolute legend and and the production on like all of her like stuff is so the production on Milkshake is mental like I always show people there's like this this is gonna sound really nerdy but I always show people this like if you go on YouTube, it's like this MIDI, like that you can see like a just a piano player playing like the the MIDI of um of Milkshake, and it yeah. just makes no sense whatsoever. It's like hilarious to watch, but it works. Like everything's like it changes keys like so many times. It's just none of it makes any sense, but it but it works because Pharrell's a genius. <laughs> yeah. How did you learn about music production? How was it something you were taught, or was it something you sort of oh this is cool? You know, I want to discover this side of music. You know, is it something you looked for and, and, and I don't know learned online or, or got people to teach you? I think it's just kind of like I, I mean I'm lucky to work with people every day and and like watch them, but I think like when I first started and I was just making music in my room and I was just playing on guitar, I got really bored of that super quick. Um, and I didn't feel like, you know, I was doing my songs justice. Like I, I, I didn't want, I, f- I felt like everything I wrote felt like early 
Taylor Swift or something. I love early Taylor Swift like so much, but I was kind of like, oh, I need to like express myself more than this. I'd like, I can't do it just on guitar, you know what I mean? And I was left to my own devices and I just, I got Logic, I got a laptop and got Logic and like never looked back and just kind of started making stuff. And um, it was pretty, It's. I mean, it's. I'm still getting there, but like it was pretty, pretty, terrible to begin with but then once I got into the music industry and was doing it for real and like I would just watch what every producer's doing it was like it, like every session writing session was like a production lesson really and I would just stay really interested and I've always had like always been able to pick up on like production in songs and stuff and I think I'd like to think I've got like a, a good ear for stuff like that and I think mm. that's like 90% of it and you I mean you've had you've done recently some incredible collaborations like you worked with Route 94 and Torrent Foot and Tiny Temper you must have taken away sort of things production wise and songwriting wise from those sessions and, and those um those processes yeah I mean that was it was just amazing to kind of jump into like these different worlds that I would not usually get to do in my own artist project like um doing like a, like house tracks like I'm, I'm a huge fan of dance of like dance music and uh I love love to go out <laughs> and, and party and you know so and both of those people Route 94 and Tiny Temper are like absolute legends in that respect and have soundtracked like loads of my nights out growing up mm-hmm. and so it's just like a really cool full circle moment to work with um those two people and um and yeah just to kind of like delve into a different genre and try and do my thing on that it was yeah it was some cool little moments um over the past couple of months that we've been doing this show we've had lots of people pick um you know icons like madonna uh beyonce la gaga uh, but we haven't had anyone pick rihanna actually until now and uh, and i think rihanna is incredible she's not just an incredible artist but such a prominent social figure i remember sort of growing up she was the first person i remember really challenging how the media portrayed women and what they said about they the way they dress you know she was constantly hitting the headlines um with you know what she wore on the x factor on a performance one night on her music videos not being pg enough you know but she sort of stood up and, and just carried on with it and said who are you to to tell women what they should and shouldn't wear and how they behave is is, is that what rihanna means to you as well yeah i was literally gonna say like i could have picked any rihanna song and my reasoning behind picking any rihanna song would be that like she makes music that makes me feel sexy and i think that's what she does for like girls like everywhere like i think oh and just everyone Mm. like she does just everything she puts out i'm just like oh this makes me feel hot like i love it and um yeah and just this is like off a um first album and yeah and just like what like an what an entrance like what you just knew from the first record that she was going to be like an absolute superstar um and yeah, I've always wanted to cover this song, actually. I'd love to do like a really like electronic, like cool symphony cover of this song, but I've, ne- I've never really got around to it. But maybe maybe one day. I just think it's like such a good tune. Yeah. Do you remember when, you know, that she was sort of hitting the headlines for those sorts of reasons, how that made you feel? Because obviously as a boy, I could, I could see it and disagree with it, but, you know, it doesn't sort of affect me personally. Do you remember seeing those sorts of things and thinking, you know, why can't I dress like that? Why can't I act like that? Well, totally. I mean, we we still see it all the time. You know, there's like this, there's a, I don't know. It's just that you can't win either way, but then you'll see like, you know, God love them. But like, like, like someone like Ed Sheeran or Lewis Capaldi and they'll just go on, like love their music and their legends. But, you know, they can go on stage wearing just like jeans and a t-shirt 
and no one says like anything and like you know if like women go on stage it's either they have to you know be like look like an absolute pop star and have this like show stop an outfit and even then they'll still get slack for it somehow mm. like it's like you you can't win and it's like why the do you even care like just mm. like let, let us perform you know like let's fast forward a little bit closer to present day with your next track uh king princess prg now i i started doing radio uh back in 2018 i had a new music show and fun fact this was actually i think the second or third song i ever played um i just love her music and i love the way she sort of challenges societal norms and and ways of thinking like even just the name king princess you know it's sort of too much for for some people to compute but but why did you put um king princess down on on your list today what does she mean to you Aldevine? yeah to- i mean totally the same like it it's totally sets the tone for for her music i i just lo- i love this record so much it just reminds me of being on tour uh well i guess not really on tour the, the shows that i managed to do before before lockdown started my drummer gabby is obsessed with this song and like every time after like after one glass of wine would be like get the speaker (laughs) and just like (laughs) put this song and everyone in my band gay like by accident as well we didn't even like do that on purpose like we just we all happen to be gay so it's just like it just feels like a proper proper anthem like when we're like screaming on the bus just like the gayest thing ever so i just love it i've just got loads of good memories with this song it just reminds me of doing shows and we're nearly there now yeah it's very soon so yeah I can't wait i'm gonna be blasting this song on the bus again <laughs> amazing and how was it for you because i really think you know it's big big huge bands that do play stadium shows and it's great and they love it but you know covid will end they will return and they'll go back to doing those shows you know but for artists who are starting up and finding their feet a bit more you know it's a lot harder to have this year and a half break without doing shows, without touring, without getting on people's radars and then going out and playing shows and like, remember me, you know, I, you know, you yeah. saw me here, there or supporting this person. How, how difficult it was for you. You know, you, you were starting to get in a bit of a swing of it, playing all these shows, getting a, a name for yourself. And then that sort of all had to be cut. How was that for you? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like, I guess the only thing you can kind of take comfort in is the fact that everyone is in the same boat and like mm. all, all the art, like the artists are, the similar level of me are in the same boat and it yeah it was it's super hard because you know just at a point where you think you're like really building momentum it kind of stops and there's all this pressure to kind of maintain that momentum but in in not in the way that you usually would and it kind of I think it made everyone try and really think outside of the box and you know like I I did do like I, I did that URL tour at the start I tried to do that and kind of keep the ball rolling and just like releasing music but yeah it's been it's been really hard and I think just like I miss just like the fans as well I just miss connecting with people and I just miss hugging people and seeing people and chatting them after the shows and kind of sounds really narcissistic but just like people kind of you know hyping you up a bit like (laughs) if I had people hyping me up I think I would miss it as well so that's not narcissistic it's just kind of like yeah I just forget that anyone likes my songs and then you and then you do a show and you're like oh my gosh everyone is singing along and like this song means so much to them and that this is exactly why I do this and so it's it it does feel like there's like a huge missing part of like what makes the music industry like the music industry you know like and what makes music music like so I've definitely I've definitely missed it and it'll be so so good when I when I can go back and do it but um 
but yeah it's been a struggle I mean it's like it's for a lot of people it's their, their bread and butter so mm. it's been a really really hard two years for for so many people and you are going to be heading back out on the road very soon september this year to be precise you've got uh gigs across various cities in the uk brighton liverpool london to name a few um you've got to be excited for that right well i'm most excited for riverside and newcastle and yeah. heaven in london i'm doing yes. those two and riverside's like a pretty iconic venue in newcastle and it's my hometown show so that'll be a wild night and then obviously heaven is like a gay club so it'll it'll just be sick like i can't wait i'm gonna i'll, I'll definitely be like being like wheeled out at like <laughs> four <in the> morning. <laughs> amazing well i will be there so if you need someone else to wheel you out that night i'm your guy very close to the end of the show this evening two songs left both of them um from artists hailing from the wonderful newcastle upon time of course you had to put Mr. Sam Fender down on your prior place tonight. Is, is is he a friend? Is he a pal? Um, do you know him? Yeah, yeah. He's like he's one of my best friends. That's why oh. I had to put it on. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was with him yesterday. He's, he's, I love him so much, and this is his new yeah. his new tune. And I'm at, like I'm actually in like for like a little tiny bit. I'm in the video. He got Whoa. all of his mates to um, come and like stand on a, a hill in time off like right where we're from and it, it was yeah it's mad like he filmed a lot of the video for this song in north shields like literally on like two streets away from me so it's just i just and i just love it like how much it reminds me of home like it mm. feels like if i was like across the other side of the world somewhere i could put this in and just be like oh, i'm walking through north shields i'm walking through time mouth i'm i'm back home and he just perfectly like embodies like what life is like up north i just think he's mm. like one of the best storytellers and one of the best songwriters and he's just the best guy in the world i love him yeah um, so yeah. yeah and and what's um, i mean pre pre-covid what is the music scene in the northeast like because having artists like you and sam coming out of, of newcastle it suggests it's pretty good yeah i mean it, it definitely feels like there's like a cool really cool little bubble now of like um up like up and coming artists i mean obviously sam's like not really up and coming now like mm. he's um well on his way to um being a legend so um and i think definitely he's he's done so much for the for the scene um you know that definitely got people in like interested and in taking the northeast seriously um because there's so so many artists and like that's what i've loved about coming back here and kind of getting um properly involved in the scene again and kind of going to see local bands because I'm just like blown away by the by the talent and yeah everyone needs to keep an eye out on Newcastle people need to start coming up and checking out some gigs because yeah you'll be you'll be sorry you missed out in a few <laughs> when everyone's blown up but yeah there's some amazing talent um something i ask every guest uh, that comes onto my pro playlist here on virgin radio pride um is the concept of pride and what it means to them and we've had various sort of responses to this so i'm going to be very interested in what you say but what does pride and and the, the sort of the concept of pride season what does that mean to you i mean I, I think it's i guess just like a celebration of being like completely yourself and um and yeah, I think it's just about celebrating this community where we can be completely unapologetically us. And it's be, it's been weird because usually I would I would be out partying and that's kind of what Pride's all about. You know, it's about mm. all 
coming coming together and being able to enjoy that but but yeah I think stuff we still managed to kind of we still managed to keep the party going on like I've seen so many cool things online and people doing like amazing stuff for pride so um and we'll just have to come back twice as hard next year with a bang and go all the pride parades and stuff but yeah to me it's just a celebration of being you know completely true to you and also a, a reminder of um all the the shoulders that we stand on um you know queer legends that have kind of got us to to this point and also a reminder of how, how far we have to go as well but mm. um but i've got a lot of faith you know like this uh, like i said like in the past five years i think this generation like the the acceptance for each other now is like you know completely different to when i was a kid so um you know i'm so hopeful and excited for you know the future generation of queer kids yeah amazing do you do you have a favorite pride memory from i don't know a, a pride you've been to whether it be at home in london wherever i played um i played madrid pride oh wow that was like yeah that was super super special it was like forty thousand people oh. or something it was like the biggest gig i've ever done and it was crazy and my guitar like wasn't working there was like a and on stage like 30 seconds goes like like feels like 20 minutes do you know what I mean it's yeah. like when you're out there in front of 40,000 people like time like feels like it's weird like like if even if I was stalling for like a few seconds I was like I need to like think of how what I'm gonna do quick and I was about to play Daughter which is like literally my gayest song like yeah. that's my song <laughs> like I wrote about my coming out experience and it's meant to be this super intimate strip back on guitar version so I was like had nothing else prepared for it and I was like oh god what, what am I gonna do so I was just like apologize to the crowd chucked my guitar away and I was like do you mind if I do this acapella and it was amazing like it, that just like completely embodied the spirit of pride like everyone come came together and supported me through that and everyone put their phones in the air oh. and like put their torches on and um and yeah help helped me through it and it was like it was beautiful it was like yeah. one of the best experiences ever and yeah kind of made me you know like a bit more resilient like it's good yeah. to kind of be thrown in the deep end of it there and learn how to cope with um mishaps on stage yeah that's that's interesting you say because sometimes like, the best moments come from from things happening like that and i think it was reading yeah. festival 2016 <laughs> 17 paramore everything went down all the lights all the all the um all their guitars etc and they performed um the only exception completely acoustic on the main stage in front of what 60 70 thousand people um wow. and it was yeah it was just incredible bearing in mind it was literally the sound of hayley williams singing and and her guitar um, uh, but I digress. Um, final song. We couldn't uh, let you go without playing um, your brand new tune. Now, it is taken from Near Life Experience Part 1, which is your brand new EP out on Friday. What? What is, what is, is there some sort of, I don't know, is there something, a message you wanted to um, bring across with this EP? Was there something you wanted to achieve with it? I mean, Near Life Experience, like I've had that title in my phone for like, for a few years, like I've, knew I was gonna like do a body of work and call it that at some point just like it kind of just at first it just like represented like all the times I kind of thought I had life figured out mm. only to be proven like totally wrong um and kind of me navigating through that um but I think in the past like 18 months like it took on a whole new meaning because we literally were living like a near life experience like mm. we weren't all the things that made life like rich and meaningful were were missing um and I think 
you know naturally like everyone became like a bit more introspective and you know like had a lot more time alone with their thoughts and I think like this that's kind of what it sounds like to me like it, it does you can I feel like you can hear in um this uh like in the body of work that like I'm desperate to kind of get out of my yeah. room and just like you know so yeah I think I, I don't know if it's really a message but that's kind of what inspired it but yeah. um but yeah girls like sex is is was the is the was the first single um and how have you how have you found the reaction I mean it's been out for for a couple of months now how have you found the reaction because like you touched on early you haven't been able to sort of play it out in shows hear people singing along you know you've just got to, it's almost like when you do walk out on stage for the first time that's when you'll know oh okay people do actually like this tune but or have you felt that already well, oh, I, the support has been like unbelievable because especially like when when the before the tune was out, like, you know, kind of got like a bit of um, not resistance, but like, I guess like people were kind of a bit worried, like on the team, like, can this get played? Like, how far can this go? Because can it get played because of the, the weird sex in it? Mm-hmm. And we were all kind of like a bit, I guess, a bit concerned from that. And then you know like the support on on radios has been absolutely amazing it's like just kept kept growing so it's it's so cool and i think just so many people really appreciate the message and Mm. it's like it just feels like a super liberating track you know just something we're gonna have fun too and it's like kind of perfect timing Mm. um it's like i definitely can't wait to like hear it on like a dance floor and like just get all the girls in the middle of the room yeah and i feel like this song it's it's really sort of reclaiming something that women in music have sort of been denied of for a, for a long time i guess you know it, it's common in music and a and a lot of genres that um sex is is spoken about um sort of from the man's point of view and um women are seen as just an object just the participant in you know in sex and that it's more down to to the man's desires but but this tune sort of stands up and says no you know sex is just about the woman just as much as it is about the man you know um would you agree with that yeah 100 percent. i mean that was the whole thing it's just like you say me reclaiming it and making it my own flipping that tired old narrative that men can talk about sex and women can just talk about feelings like just flipping that on its head and like just yeah I, and it's not even a big like I kind of feel like I, I didn't want anyone to think I thought I was saying anything revolutionary because I'm not like that's the cool point of the song is like it's not a big deal girls like casual sex and that's that's it that's all you need in a bloody no yeah. um and it's just fun like I just wanted to make like something that you know has has a bit of a message but also you can just like let loose to it as well like it's it's just such a good time and yeah um it's been interesting to hear people's reactions to it and even like i i played it um like a newcastle like had like a socially distanced like festival and that was like the only gig i got to do like in Mm. all of um the pandemic and i played girls like sex so i actually did get to play it live and the reaction was amazing but the day the day after I was in the train station and some guy came up to me and he was like I saw you at that gig last night the tune was good but uh you know boys like sex too and I was like like that's just exactly like proves like my point yeah like you said like I'm I'm so tired of like like hearing just that on the radio like you know and like people kind of saying to me like be careful because it might not get played and it's like well you know sex on fire was a thing and no one said anything about that you know there's like how am i causing anyone any harm with this yeah like you know really damaging narratives like that 
um so yeah i just wanted to reclaim i just wanted to reclaim sex and make it make it my own and use it on my own terms <laughs> amen amen to that l divine thank you so much for chatting us thank to you. us today really appreciate it this would be amazing thank you i'm sorry if i rambled <laughs> <laughs> no no um amazing um so yeah the the brand new ep nil off experience is out this friday or part one should i say is that is there going to be a part two is this is that a bit yeah, of a stupid there question there's a part two yeah um hopefully i think part two hopefully i I mean i'm not completely sure hopefully sometime in september i want uh i do want both of the parts out before before my tour at least um so yeah not long everything's ready to go so amazing well yes so near life experience part one uh the brand new ep from l divine is out on friday uh there is also a full uk tour happening in september which you can get your tickets for uh l divine um thank you so much 